0: Good morning, listeners, and welcome to this week's Ag Report. I'm Jim Finn. My guests this week are Alice Doyle from the IFA, whom I met at the Ploughing Championships, Pat Clark, who is the chairperson of the IFA in South Tipperary, and my final guest this morning is Robert Hunt from. Cashel Mart. My first guest this morning is Gordon Peppert from Chagos, and he's a Dairy Beef 500 advisor and we're going to be talking about dairy beef and particularly beef issues at this particular time of the year as far as looking after your animals are concerned. Good morning Gordon and thanks very much for joining us.
1: Good morning Jim, nice to nice to be on.
0: Uh, great to have you back. Uh, we've had some horrific weather lately and I presume that is definitely uh, feeding into what beef farmers should be doing at the moment.
1: Yes, yeah, it's been a very, very mixed year, Jim. I suppose if you look back to last May, June, we got a really good spell here in the south, southeast mm-hmm. part of the country. And we even had maybe out uh, on some farms. Then in July and August, we had a really wet, wet spell. We had a, a very short Indian summer there around mm-hmm. the end of August, beginning of September. And unfortunately, the last few weeks there have gone very wet again. So a very mixed sort of year across the south and southeast of the country here where where we're operating.
0: This is a pre-record on Tuesday. And I don't know what it was like further down in the southeast, but there was a a rainstorm here uh, in the middle of Tipperary uh, last night. And uh, the weather forecast for tomorrow, which is Wednesday, they're giving a, a storm, aren't they?
1: Yeah. So, yeah, again, we had the very same in Kilkenny, very Mm -hmm. heavy rain overnight, uh, Wednesday tomorrow, uh, very uh, poor conditions coming again. So it's going to change and make a lot of uh, decisions on beef farmers, very difficult over the coming weeks.
0: And okay, And now talking about the changes, uh, Gordon, what changes then should a farmer be making based on the weather we're getting currently?
1: Yeah, so I suppose, look, uh, the fact that has been so wet, the, the dry matter of grass has really dropped and very low dry matters in grass. Very hard for animals, particularly young animals, to get their energy content from grazed grass alone. So I suppose anyone that's removed uh, concentrate from the diet over the summer months probably should have introduced it back into the diet now at this stage, just to ensure that the calves and, and even... All, and um, calves get their their dry matter intake uh, the power is gone out of the grass and definitely a kilo kilo and a half of contra- concentrates should be reintroduced particularly for the young the younger type stock there's many many farmers trying to finish animals at grass at the moment again grazing conditions are difficult even though there's plenty of good grass on farms grazing conditions are gone difficult and where they're being fed at grass uh, there's a lot of mess uh, around trucks and and under wires. If animals have been fed under wires, so in a lot of cases there's farmers bringing in those finishing stock, gym and, and finishing them on silage and and concentrates in the shed. So. There's some of the things that are happening on farm at the moment.
0: And if you were giving advice to somebody, would you be advising them, Gordon, to bring the animals in at this particular stage and try to finish them inside if they had enough of silage for uh, the coming months? Yes.
1: Yeah, so look, I suppose it depends on what system you're mm-hmm. running. If if you're just keeping animals as store cattle to 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 maybe finish over the winter or next spring, you'd be trying to keep them at grass for as long as possible keep grass in the diet um, and also by doing that you're setting up the farm for next spring. If if you're trying to finish animals there in the next four to six weeks there may be benefits by bringing them in depending on grazing conditions, ground conditions, uh, how much grass is on farm. So Different circumstances will dictate different practices, Jim, but in some instances, it may be worthwhile bringing in the finishing stock if they're being finished in the next four, six, eight weeks.
0: Okay, so your advice this morning, anybody finishing, that they should be bringing them in now for, for, uh, and finish them off uh, inside. Taking then the smaller stock that you've been speaking about there, when should a farmer consider now bringing them in?
1: look i suppose again it's very farm pacific mm. jim you'd be ho- you'd be hoping to keep them at grass for as long as possible it's sort of grass is is sort of a free free or ish sort of fodder on farm uh, there's plenty of grass out there so if we can keep grass in the diet for as long as possible you're doing two things you're 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 feeding your animals on the cheapest feed of possible but you're also grazing out the swards, and you're you're setting up the farm for next spring when you want the animals to go out as early as possible and to be eating good quality grass that that is growing from from the base rather than having an a Um. So look, I suppose keep the keep the younger stock out as long as possible. You will you need to monitor your own situation, what grass you have available, what damage you're doing, and I suppose. A few of the other things there as well, look, you should be planning ahead maybe for for the winter. And I suppose in terms of planning, there's a few things you should be looking at. Um, generally, in advance of the next uh, stress period, which mm-hmm. is the housing period, you'd be looking at going in with your vaccination program in consultation with your vet, maybe two or three weeks prior to housing. At this stage, you probably should also be getting your silage tested. Very, very important uh, that you feed your animals appropriately according to the silage analysis results so for example there we would like our young animals to be doing a minimum of 0. 0.6 of a kilo average daily gain over the winter period in order to do that on an average 67 dmd silage you're probably looking at one and a half to two kilos of concentrates to be fed to those animals whereas if you have a high quality silage of 72 plus you will get away with one kilo of concentrate so very important to know what your silage is what is capable of and feed feed accordingly
0: and you've made a very good point there because you know the amount of concentrates that you will have to feed over the winter period will have a significant influence on the profitability at the end of the period when you go out to sell off those animals
1: yeah, so I suppose every day on a calf to beef farm is, is mm-hmm. essential that the calf is going forward and putting on weight. So I suppose just to give a few targets there, if we have a target, say, of the 1st of November, we should be weighing all our animals around housing. And just on the 1st of November, you would be hoping that your early born calves, say your January, February calves, that they would be weighing in the region of somewhere around 230 kilos. The later March, April born calves may be a little bit lighter, maybe coming in at 215, 220 kilos. But really, we need the animals to be weighing that sort of weight and gaining pint six over the winter and coming out somewhere close to 300 kilos early next spring.
0: Something else that occurred that I heard during the past number of weeks there's quite a bit of grass tetany out there, and people have lost younger animals.
1: Yeah. So again, I suppose it's 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 on a on a farm to farm mm-hmm. um, basis. So I suppose it is, it is a thing with the change in weather, wet mm-hmm. weather. That it is it isn't a thing that you want to be keeping an eye out for and, and putting in actions there to to alleviate that pressure.
0: Yeah, because you know it's also getting cooler, and that is one of the things that uh, seems to trigger grass tetany. I know, maybe uh, the dairy man is more used to seeing it in the springtime, but you know, I have been talking to beef farmers, and as I said, I've know farmers that have lost, uh, two farmers that have lost in the last week or ten days.
1: Yeah. So again, you see, you're right there. The change in the weather, the cooler evenings, mm-hmm. the wet weather the reduced intakes of grass so absolutely it can be an issue and some farms maybe are more prone to it than others so if you if there's a risk on your farm just ensure to put in some remedial actions mm-hmm. there to to counteract it
0: right and of course the best thing to do there is for a farmer uh, to contact their vet to know what kind of remedial action they can put in
1: yeah so there's a number of different actions mm-hmm. there and i suppose the best made plans are probably done with your vet so yeah. have a discussion with your vet there on the most appropriate actions for your farm
0: okay well gordon before i let you off then the three main things we a farmers should take from this interview what are they
1: yeah so i suppose number one where, where conditions allow try and keep grass in the diet for for as long as possible number two would be to ensure that the young animals specifically that you have gone back in there with concentrates Hopefully, all, maybe already, but if you haven't, they should be going in now. And I suppose the final thing will be to ensure and get your silage tested because there's a lot of very variation in silages and you need to feed according to the silage that you have on your farm.
0: OK. Well, Gordon, thanks very much for joining us this morning. That, listeners, was Gordon Peckard from Chagas. Listeners, you know, great activity at the ploughing. I'm here. This is the third day, and I was walking up one of the the walkways, and uh, who did I see? Only Alice Doyle from the IFA. And so sure you, you all know I have Alice on a, uh, a good few times during the year but uh, she has all kinds of stickers stuck on her this time and I suppose we gave you a little hint the last time we were talking that Alice might be putting her name in the ring to be uh, the next Vice Deputy President of the IFA now we're not going to talk too much about Deputy President but we will talk, how is the ploughing going at the moment Alice?
2: Hello Jim, delighted to meet you here today isn't it amazing the way we bump into each other in oh, yes. such a crowd, look it's been an amazing three days really, um, I suppose the crowds are down, we have to say that, and it's probably due to the weather, I think, really. A lot of people didn't come in uh, the first and second day because of the rain. Now, we're hoping today, because it's early in the day when we met this morning, you know, we're meeting here this morning, um, it's early in the day and the crowd is building, but it was down, the official figure showed down, but the activity still is good, the interest is good, and, you know, the atmosphere is very good, considering it's been such a very bad year for farming. I'm amazed at at the spirits of, of people, really. I think they're just taking it on the chin and saying we have to get on with it and face what's out there and we have a lot of problems as everybody knows and we'll do our best to try and solve them as we go along but farmers by their nature are resilient and you can see that in them here today you know they're still here, they're still chatting they're still talking, uh, they're, they're getting the problems off their chest I suppose and they're looking for a bit of help wherever they can get it and if you have issues we'll try and deal with them for you but on the whole I think you know that it has been a success under the circumstances considering the weather has been so bad and times are so bad um, I'm pleased to see people are still coming out
0: right now okay you're on I I know you're probably heading up to the IFA stand at the moment uh, but I presume you've been on it uh, for the past two days what's the atmosphere what has it been like Uh, you know with farmers coming into you first we talk about farmers atmosphere yeah
2: well for the last two days we're into the third day now but on 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 Tuesday very busy day Uh, probably because it was wet a lot of people came in and talked to us the atmosphere as I said the the, the spirits were better than I thought they were now there are a lot of problems out there know, we have the main issues. We have the derogation issue still uh, there. Uh, we have the whole the delayed payments are still up for discussion. I suppose the biggest problem is income. And really, after you know, if we leave all the other things, regulation and everything to the side, income is what's up impacting on people immediately, and particularly on the farm families. You know, we, we we see it inside the door and outside the door. Everything is down. Milk is on the floor. Uh, cereal grain this year has been literally on the floor. You know, combines out scraping it off off the ground. Um, and the, the, the high l- prices that were paid for land last year and the rate price of grain is down the yield is down the price of beef is holding so the mm-hmm. that the, the the beef being a beef farmer I can't say it's going mm-hmm. gone up I, I'm happy to say that it's holding Stable. for the moment okay. and you know when you're a beef farmer you're always happy if it' even holds no. not not always going the downward trajectory yeah, exactly. so you know we're, we're, we're not to, we're, we're not doing well but we're not we're, could be worse because the input costs are still very high so that's affecting everybody the sheep men um, yeah, they're under pressure as well. Uh, you know, the profit margin is so low uh, that they're finding it very, very difficult. And it's again, it's because of the input costs have soared in the last year. Because, and it's all to factors, I suppose, outside our, our control. Really, the markets are, you know, are under pressure. You know, the, the Ukraine, Ukrainian war has caused problems. Now, look, we're hoping that we will get some support from our own minister because food has to be supplied, whether we like it or not. And you know, for the last forty years, the the cap the cap has supported farming to produce cheap food for the consumer. Now the consumer may not be aware of that, they may say, oh you know food prices are going up and whatever but the reality is if you look at food inflation over the last 20 years, it has been very low, it's only in the last couple of months that we see food inflation, but the farmer has been subsidised over the last 40 years to produce that at a cost to keep it down for the customer but now that support for the farmer has been taken away, so he will be looking for the market value to get paid, that's why he's going to look into the market and you know how, or, or if not we have to get supports in between because the, the pro- production of that food is very high the cost of that is very high and we, we're trying to keep it as low as possible for the consumer we're not trying to you know say to the consumer you're going to have to, to, to pay the penalty here it's not that it's just the reality of it that if you need a produce unfortunately it has to be the cost of it is high and to, to get it it's going to cost money and it's it's a vicious circle but th- that's the way it is and we're doing our best to show you know our, our consumers that we're producing a wonderful product in this country and all you have to do is go abroad and look at you know the quality of food elsewhere and the price of it and then you realize the quality you're getting here in ireland and the price that we're paying for it i spoke to somebody recently just to tell you a quick story who had been in switzerland and you know if you're going to a good restaurant here you we give out about paying you know 30 euros for a steak dinner or 30 plus even for a steak dinner but in switzerland 80 euros for a steak dinner so there's a bit of a difference. So you can get two dinners for, the price, of, for, the, for the price of one in Switzerland in Ireland, so we're not too bad, really.
0: Okay, now you've had all the minister, you've had the Minister for Agriculture on your stand, you've had the two, I presume at this stage, the two junior ministers. Uh, what kind of a reaction uh, did they get from the farmers? Because we would always have farmers around yes. pulling out of them, I presume. Mm-hmm.
2: Well the, the, the farmers are you know are, are on their case insofar as they're, they're very anxious that the ministers listen to us and that they are aware of the reality out there and that they, they we are under pressure and that they, they have to see that that there has to be supports coming from, from within the department and if necessary coming from Europe. And it is the department's job to get the money from Europe and there has to be money coming there, and we know there is money there, but it has to come and it has to be it has to be given to us in the right way. Like a lot of schemes and the Minister has been told this numerous times. Now, the, around the, the stand, that like schemes have been have been given to farmers, supposedly supporting farmers in the last couple of months, uh, and whereas the money seems big. There's actually nothing in it for the farmer because it's not. It's not even, none of them are even going to be cost neutral by the time what they have to do to get the bit of money, it won't actually. It'll hardly pay for what they have to do. And this is more around, I suppose, uh, you know, climate change and that. And we're we're absolutely happy to do all of that, no problem. But it's the fact that the amount of money has to be spent in such a way uh, that it, it, it it's not going to be any profit for the farmers, same around a beef scheme that came in recently, you know you, yeah. it's, going to, it's not going to be any more than just more than cost neutral by the time we're finished with it so the Minister needs to be aware of that, that if they're designing schemes, they need to be farmer friendly that we they get the same result but do it by listening to the farmer as to how it will work on the farm to give him the result, but yet leave a little profit margin for the farmer in it, or at least an income margin, it wasn't even a profit margin at this stage an income margin in it for the, the farmer
0: Let's talk a little bit about farm women very important uh beginning to come into their own a little bit now and uh, of course uh, what you're doing is only going to boost
2: that. I think so. You know it's wonderful this year. I was at the, the here at the uh, at the planning match last year for three full days in the in the IFA tent and I didn't see that many women. And this year and I don't know whether it's because there's a woman in the election or what I have never seen as many women come in with their husbands partners whatever or in their own right as farmers coming in to the IFA tent and coming over to chat and talk and it's lovely I think they have I think the fact that I'm just in a race and I have to say that I am in the race uh, I think it is it is giving women a a bit of exposure they're feeling a little bit of confidence Um, they're saying well women are in the IFA we can be in there and it's very uh, and women in farming because it doesn't matter what organization if you're in farming every you know we're there to represent you and it's lovely to see them coming out and there are more women coming into farming I've seen a lot of young women now coming in um because the old tradition of the the, the the eldest son being the one to inherit that's dying and it actually is dying we're finding a lot more young women now are more interested in getting into farming and they're the ones who want to come home and take over the family farm and it's nice to see because they're very committed and they have a different perspective too you know. And I don't think they'll let it all rush to the head. It all won't go to the head.
0: And it's surprising it has taken this length of time because if we go back to our Makra days, there was always women in Mm Makra. But they never seemed, I suppose, feed into the uh, Mm -hmm. the IFA or... Any of the other farming organisations, for
2: that matter. Yeah, I think that, yeah, that's that, that's very true. Because I mean, I was in marker myself and came through all of that, and I would have had that dormant few years in between as well. You know, from the time I left Mocker till I got very involved in IVA. I think some of that is partly due to the fact that I suppose women see that you know their role in the home is is very busy and uh, they they find it you know they're under pressure. They're 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 working. Some of them working off farm, they're working on the farm. They have children to rear. They're running back and forth to school. And we're finding the men now are being caught in that same boat now, which didn't happen. in <laughs> In the past, Mm -hmm. that the lads are running home to collect at three o'clock, and they have to be there at night to put the kids in bed. So there's a balance coming into it. There's much more of that now. I think in the past, like it was, the husband would have gone out or the partner went out to the you know to the meeting at night, uh, to the IFA meeting or went to the protest or whatever, and the woman stayed at home. Now it's a different role. The men are sharing in the role at home, and if they share more in the role at home, I think we will see more women sharing in the role outside the home. So I think that's what's what's happening. I think that's coming.
0: Okay, look at thanks for having a chat with me here at the Plough. I better let you back up to the stand. I, I know you're on your way, but before I do let you up, uh, up to go, uh, we want to remind the listeners that you're going to be in Tipperary uh, on the campaign trail. That's on in the harsh on the 5th of October the two weeks away I think that could
2: be But this night two weeks nearly is it I think near, near, it's getting very it's getting very, close. Like it's getting very close it's getting very okay. close Jim and I'm looking forward to going down to Tipperary good uh, farming country and uh, you know good people down there so we're looking forward to talking to them and they get an opportunity to meet me and chat to me and I'm, I'm always there ears open uh, they might say shut the mouths more often and open the ears but I, I keep the ears wide open as well and I'll be delighted to chat and, and, and talk to people
0: okay well the best of luck in Tipperary you and I will be having a campaign Talk sometime after that.
2: Well, thank you very much, Jim. Look forward to that too, and to your listeners. Uh, I hope they have a, a happy a happy autumn, should we say? Please go. Thanks very much, Jim. Okay. Thank you.
0: Listener, that was Alice Doyle from the IFA. Listeners, my next guest this morning is Pat Carroll, and Pat, as you know, is the chairperson of the IFA in South Tipperary, and. Pass it with me mainly, I suppose, to talk about an event that's happening uh, next Thursday night in the Horse and Jockey when the candidates for President and Vice President of the IFA go head to head. I'm quite sure it will be an arousing night. Good morning, Pass, and thanks for joining us.
3: Good morning, Jim.
0: Now, Pat, I'm sure we're going to have real hustlings uh, in uh horse and jockey, are we?
3: I, I would think so. You, you have for, for the presidency, like you have two very good candidates in Martin Stapleton and Francie Gorman and they'll be well able to stand up and speak for themselves. So, yeah, look, we'd be, we'd be hoping for a really good debate in the night. So we're, we're, we're hoping members will turn out um, from all of County Tipperary. To the horse and jockey and tour tonight because like here these, these are some farm forward and, and they have to be voted in by farmers. So tis this is a real opportunity to see both candidates in the flesh and to see how they'll operate under pressure, I hope. I, I hope with like plenty of questions and as 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 the year is in it and um it's it, it's quite a difficult year so to tis, tis no joke to be standing up in front of farmers and looking for votes at This time, so I hope it'll be challenging, and also for the deputy president presidency, we have um uh Alice Dial there from chairperson of the Fair and Family and Social Affairs Committee and Pat Murphy, the Connaught Regional Chair. So they will also be debating uh on the night uh before the president, the, the, the two uh the two guys uh looking for the president's job. So we'll, we'll be hoping for a good turnout. We'd, we'd appeal to members to get out to the horse and jockey and uh, make it a really, a really, really strong night.
0: Yeah, can it, Can I ask you this? The format then, you say, is that the vices go first, uh, those going for the vice president, and then the two, the two candidates going for president go next. Uh, have you somebody to moderate it for you as well?
3: Well, I suppose we have Baden, Whole is in our tip chair and I yeah. iving south tip chair. So I suppose the flip the flip of a kind is going to decide which one which one will will take each, will 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 one of one or the other will, will chair each. So um it will be split between us. So that's how it'll operate on, on the night. So um that's 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 how it'll work.
0: Oh okay. And uh, that's starting I, I just saw something uh, an email that came in to me. That's starting between eight and eight thirty, is that right?
3: Yeah, we'll an 8pm start um, right. um, on, on the night,
0: yeah. Oh, well, 8 8pm. 8 well, I think it's very important now that we say 8pm because uh, as I said, I just saw something that said 8 stroke 8.30 and that's not uh, you could be coming at 8.30 and you could miss some of it, so it's 8 o'clock. Yeah, and I would think like, sure,
3: yeah. they both the candidates will have their teams there, and I mean, people could come earlier if they're there. They, and imagine a half seven or or early, like they're they're going to be there. They're, they're, there's going to be plenty of activity with 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 both teams there. That they're going to try and meet as many people as possible. In the same way after the debate, like th- yeah. the opportunity will be there t- to meet them as well. So yeah, look, we're hoping for a lively night and, that a, and and a good turnout. And um, it's it's a great opportunity there to see both candidates, as I said.
0: Right, okay. And uh, just to remind the listeners as well that uh, sometime during the campaign, much nearer to voting, I'll have the two candidates on uh, Ag Report. So we'll have uh, another chance to hear them and being different, maybe different questions put to them as well. Because things will change between now and voting day, I can tell you, the way Irish agriculture is going at the moment. Uh, you were at the ploughing, Pat.
3: I was indeed, yes. Uh, I, I was at the ploughing. IFA stand was very busy over the, the three days and met a lot of people, met a lot of farmers. And I suppose, it, 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 in contrast to this time last year, there, there's a huge turnaround. All sectors, definitely, all sectors are under pressure relative to what it was like 12 months ago. And talking to various stands and businesses, and that there's certainly um, it's it's being felt by businesses in the in 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 the community that farming is 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 feeling the pinch, and so are the businesses like business there's not as, as much activity going on as there was 12 months ago so like i mean that's that's easy to see and i mean the weather certainly isn't helping the situation either at this point in time and and costs remaining high so look it, it definitely there was there was feedback a lot of feedback from from farmers from different sectors uh, definitely it has been a tough year
0: Right. And as you were saying, the various uh, machinery people and fellows who sell tractors and all the various other things that would be inputs going into farms, uh, they didn't do as well as they did last year. But that's understandable, Pat.
3: Well, it is. Yeah. And I think it's a really good reflection of of where we're at at the moment Mm -hmm. and and where the, the agricultural economy is at like and. The thing is, when farmers feel the pinch, everybody feels it. Like I mean, it, it, it's across the board. And it's the same way, a good year when farmers are doing well, they do repairs, they do replacements, they, they, they spend in the local economy. And I think it's important to highlight that. And we've seen other years where they have been really busy uh, plowing uh, matches where, where business has done really well. And I think you have to say, like, in a year like this, you have to call it out the it is. And, and, and that's the effect of it. And you also have the delayed payments and, and, and other issues there that, that are coming in and affecting that like so i mean w- the importance of it is, is, uh, of, of the, mm-hmm. re- to reflect those poor commodity prices and and, and the delay payments it's having an effect across the economy
0: right you mentioned the delay payments uh, that seems to be a big issue with uh, both the farming organizations and matter of fact as macra as well uh anytime those those that i spoke to at the plowing and um You know, and there doesn't seem to be any move from government to uh, help out farmers. And you know, and I know that uh, you know uh, they'll be paying their income tax based on last year, which was a very, very good year. And they would need those payments to come from government that they're due to be able to meet their revenue commitments in in a in little over a month's time.
3: Certainly, yeah. Like I mean, those payments have been coming. In a timely ma- manner, over the last good number of years, and between uh, loan repayments or <clears throat> various other mm-hmm. businesses, the like of contractors and whatnot, their, their payments made at this time of the year. And also, you, know, you have like cost of living. We hear it every day, but the cost of living has gone up. Well, it's the same way for farmers and for children going back to school and going to college at this time of the year. It's a hugely expensive time of the year, and like. It, those checks to come like uh, most of them are spent before they arrive. It's, it's allocated out and where to go. Like and a, and a delay like that, I mean, it's it's unbelievable to think that that the Department of Agriculture or Minister for Agriculture like could could allow I think the ANC payment to be delayed by four weeks and the new BIS payment is going to be delayed by at least a week to ten days. So like it's it's unbelievable. Like and we had to we had to take a stance on it and 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 put some pressure on. And the minister hasn't budgeted and like. This, this, this just isn't good enough. Uh, I mean, nobody else in society would put up with being de- a delayed payment to that extent. Like, I mean, if there was a delay in anybody else's wages in a couple of days, there'd be they would be war over it. Like, so <clears throat> from that point of view, it's it's incredibly disappointing. Like, to be fair to, 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 to um, our deputy president and our committee chairs and that have been fighting this since last February and March, and and we're getting no hearing. And then, like, it, it's just incredible to think that it's it, it actually came through.
0: And Pat, staying with the ploughing, did you get the feeling that there was a lot of anger any time that a minister or a TD visited the uh, IFA stand in particular? Uh,
3: Yes, uh, and and what more so, we'll say, with the Minister for Agriculture, farmers Mm. expect the Minister for Agriculture to stand up for them and, and, and to be fighting on their behalf. And from the feedback we were getting, like was, farmers felt... The Minister for Agriculture isn't standing up for farmers, Mm -hmm. and he's not doing enough. And and even to come out in support of him in in such an incredibly tough year, like between, as we mentioned already, costs, weather, everything, like, you know, and and I I think, like, you know, that there was a lot of farmers there very much tuned in to what was going on and and, and really, really united with the Minister and and expressing that to other politicians as well. Anytime any politician was coming across quite openly, oftentimes like that, you'd know when things are going okay, Mm People don't engage with them, and they say everything is fine and grand. But this year, there was there was no issue with farmers walking up and saying they were not happy with the situation and and the way agriculture was being dealt with at the moment. And like there there have been a lot like there is issues like with other schemes and acres and tams and whatnot. Like I mean, we got we got a fair bit on emissions early in the year, and they they, they put solar panels in under tams, which we didn't agree with. It should be in a separate fund. But now we can't even get. We don't know whether times or when it's going to come out or what's going to go ahead with it. like a minister for agriculture, that would understand farming should understand like this. One stock going to sheds. You can't put solar panels on the roof. You can't have people up on the roof with stock inside in sheds. So this means it's going to be delayed by another five or six months before farmers can put the solar panels. Open. And and they've 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 applied in huge numbers and and want to do it and want mm-hmm. to play their part. But the system is letting them down and, and letting them down in, in a lot of areas. So like I mean, you, you could see why where the frustration is breaking out amongst farmers.
0: Right, I, I felt it myself uh, any time I, you know, got any way near uh, a government minister or a TD, there was that farmers were a little bit more agitated than they would normally. Anyway, uh, we're running out of time. Can you ever give me the details of next Thursday the 5th and uh, the event in the horse and jockey before I let you go, Pat?
3: No problem, Jim. So the Thursday the 5th of October, which is next Thursday night at 8pm, the horse and jockey for north and south Tipperary, uh, the, the debate for the president and deputy president and all members are welcome and and we hope we'll have a large turnout and we appeal to you that that members will come and take the opportunity to to see these candidates who have put themselves forward for for both these jobs
0: okay well look at pat i want to thank you ever so much for joining us this morning that listeners was pat carl who is the chairperson of the ifa in south tipperary Listeners, as I said at the beginning of the programme, my final guest this morning would be Robert Hunt from Cashel and Mark. I now have Robert on the line, and we're going to be talking about a special sale that they have on this day week. Good morning, Robert, and thanks for joining us. Good morning,
4: Jim. Good
0: to be with you. Okay, it's been a tough week, hasn't it? We well, are certainly, and
4: weather-wise, yes. Mm. Uh, we might
0: be investing in boats shortly if we get more rain. Ah, uh, you, you, won't, you, you won't, not at all, not at all. Oh. Ho- hopefully not anyway, but we, oh, hopefully not. we may need pumps to get water out of uh, various, various places. Okay, you're going to have a very special sale on the 7th, so will you tell us all about it, Robert?
4: Yes, looking forward to it. Um, it's our annual uh, show and sale in the Wheeling department. And uh, for a week later this week uh, or this year, um, but it'll be worth it. Uh, we have over 3,000 euros in prize money this year, right. uh, which is up 2,000 from last year. Um, we have 11 categories altogether.
0: Right.
4: Uh, would you like me to go through some of the categories? I think you
0: should. Yeah. Okay.
4: Right. Okay. Well, our first category, let's say, will be class one. Will be a supreme single male weanling champ champion. Mm-hmm. We'll have a reserve single male weanling champion. Uh, class two then will be the supreme female single weanling champion and then we'll have the reserve female single weanling champion. Right. Uh, Class three then will be autumn 22 born male weanling champion, autumn 22 born male weanling reserve champion. Class four will be autumn 22 born female weanling champion, and the autumn 22 born female weanling reserve champion. Class five will be a pen of three or more continental weanlings, male Mm weanlings. Class six will be the best pen of three or more continental female weanlings. Class seven will be the best pen of three or more bucket-fed Frisian weanlings. Class eight will be the best pen of three or more Angus or Hereford male weanlings. Class nine the best pen of three or more angus or her for females and then we've added two little special classes this year so uh, one of them will be the best belgian blue weaning male or female and must be belgian blue or belgian blue cross on their blue card and finally then our final class will be the butcher's heifer class Right. Okay. And the heifer needs to be a minimum of 500 kilos. Okay. Now, if I may, Jim, I would just like to take this opportunity to thank our sponsors. And our sponsors will be FBD, Zurich, Cooper Fencing, Centenary, Don't Quarries, the Farm Relief Service, the Belgian Blue Society. Martin, O'Dwyer, our local family butcher in Cashel, and DeVay are all on side as our sponsors this year. And as I said, I'm delighted to say we have over 3,000 euros. So, most of the classes, Jim, the winners will actually be getting 200 euros and seconds will be getting 100 euros.
0: Right. Okay. That's very generous and you have some very generous sponsors there. Uh, so,
1: Indeed.
0: now, okay, what time does this all this kick off at, uh, this day week, uh, Robert?
4: This this day week, right, the gates will be open in the market at 7am,
1: mm-hmm.
4: and we will be looking to have all the weanlings in, if at all possible, by 10 o'clock, uh, because we need to be fair to the judges and give them a chance to judge the cattle. Followed
0: then immediately, we'd like to be starting the sale at eleven o'clock sharp. Right. So, and it will be a big sale given uh, the number of entries that you have, the prize money yes. that you have. And can I ask you then, from the point of view of cattle and uh, the sale of cattle at the moment, uh, how are weans uh, performing at sales? I have been mean, at one.
4: I have to say, and I, I sell in in, in uh, some other markets, people will know that uh, mm-hmm. besides cash And the, over the last month, the market has actually gone from strength to strength. Um, your real good continentals, which are getting scarce, obviously, with the decimation of the suckler herd, uh, they're commanding, the good continentals are carrying, uh, commanding anything from 3 euros to 3.30 a kilo.
3: Right. Um,
4: obviously, your your second grade continentals then are between 250 up to maybe 270, 280, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say, even in our own town, Castle La Saturday, we had some very, very nice Friesian Weenlands, bucket rare obviously. And those kind of Weenlands, let's say 200, 210, or 20 kilos. Mm-hmm. All made from two euros up to two forty a kilo live weight.
0: David uh, the dairy, David uh, the dairy beef animal. that we're talking absolutely.
4: about. Absolutely. Now mm-hmm. these these were your nice uh, straight British region calves,
0: mm-hmm.
4: not overly done, but what I would call honest cattle. It was an honest weight firm. and um, you know uh, people could see that. The buyers could see that, and why the market was strong for our Aberdeen Anguses, and our Herefords then in the bull department, mm-hmm. uh, nice Aberdeen Angus bulls, or Herefords for that matter, 250, 260 kilos, are all hitting in or around or slightly above 600 euros. Right. Um, I have found, to be straight with you, mm-hmm. that in cases the Angus heifers and the Hereford heifers are a little bit easier
2: than
4: they were this time last year. Nice. Um, uh, why I can't put my finger on it, to tell you the truth, Jim, but yeah. definitely the market is not as strong for the females as it is for the males currently.
0: And the males that you're selling, uh, irrespective of whichever uh, cattle mm. you're selling them at, Robert, uh, are most of them going for export at the moment?
4: I have to say there's a lot of them going for export in particular obviously the continentals mm-hmm. the federal continentals the, the the majority of those are being bought for export i've also noticed we have with the exporters because we do have them active in cashel as well as other towns i'm in have been very active for aberdeen angus males and females up to about 320 to 350 kilos, so from 200 kilos upwards. Uh, they have also been stru- strong for the Friesian bulls, and that is the lesser Friesian bulls mm-hmm. now, because uh, the price is obviously relevant. So as far as I'm aware, about 160, 165 is what they're paying for Frisian bulls for export. Right. But as I said, it would be a plainer type. I, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, uh, more or less probably coming from Holstein rather than uh, purebred British Friesian, as you mentioned earlier. Yes.
4: yes, Holstein and obviously a little bit of Jersey yeah. thrown in here
0: and there. Okay, now before I let you go, thanks for uh, giving me a cattle mart report. I haven't had one for ages. But <laughs> <laughs> to tell you the truth, but more importantly, would you ever just give me... Uh, uh the outline details of your uh, show and sale uh, that that's taking place this day week. Time and place, etc.
4: Right. Well we're Castle March, Camas Road, or the Dundrum Road yeah. as people might know it, is uh, is where it'll all be happening, as I said on Saturday the seventh. Um and we have our judges in place. Uh, who will be going around nice and quietly? Well, you'll you'll notice them anyway because they'll all be wearing white coats.
0: Right. Yeah. Those,
4: those those gentlemen will be going around uh, observing and looking at all the cattle that we have in the show mm-hmm. uh, and sale, and uh, they will, as I say, do their judging, come towards then, and let us know who they've picked. Mm-hmm. And then, du- Julie, we will follow where we will have a presentation, which actually we'll have rosettes. We will also have some trophies uh, in relation to the Supreme and Reserve champions in the first three classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, more importantly for some people, some very nice prize money as well for your day out.
0: And the sale kicks off at 11 at o'clock. At
4: 11 a.m the time now, give or take a few minutes, but we will be aiming for 11 because we're anticipating we will have a
0: busy day ahead of us. Okay, well look at Robert, thanks very much for joining us this morning and uh, telling us all about it and I expect you will have an absolutely wonderful day uh, this day week at Cash and Mart. That listeners is Ag Report for this week. I hope you enjoyed the show and that you'll Join me at the same time next week. Coming up next is the news at 10 o'clock. And after that, and The Wire presents Down Your Way.